You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Back here with another Arrowhead Pride interview series. Pete Sweeney, the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, joined by the Bolts from the Blue lead editor, Michael Peterson. Michael, you covered the Chargers. Thank you for joining us here on the Arrowhead Pride Network. Yeah, man. Happy to be here. Yeah, we've been going through the last few weeks the AFC West. We did the Broncos. We did the Raiders. And I'm happy that we saved you for last. Don't tell the Broncos and Raiders this, but I think the Chargers have the best opportunity to maybe knock off the Chiefs in the AFC West. And to me, it starts with Justin Herbert. And I think that's where the perfect place is for us to start. Do you truly believe in watching him now? that he is a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Why or why not? Yeah, so I definitely think he is one of the top QBs in the NFL. I think there's a case to be made for, you know, 10 guys ahead of him who have been here longer, have been in the league longer, have had more success. But you can't knock off what he was able to do as a rookie. It wasn't just a good season for a rookie quarterback. It was just a solid all around uh, a year for any quarterback. And just so happened that he he set all kinds of records, right? And he didn't just set them, you know, the way Baker Mayfield broke Peyton Manning's where it was like 27 touchdowns to his 26. This was 31 passing touchdowns. So, so breaking the record by four, um, they broke Cam Newton's total uh, touchdown record for a rookie QB with 36. I mean, the guy did it all and he only did it in 15 games. So, you know, if he had that 16th game, you know, maybe he would have broken Andrew Luck's uh, rookie passing guards record as well. So the guy did so much with, you know, a little bit of a handicap, obviously only playing 15 games. And if you put on the film, let's forget the stats for a second. You put on the film, you see a guy who didn't ever look like a rookie, maybe once or twice when he threw, you know, a pick to end the game at Tampa Bay or something like that. I mean, these are big time moments and, and stuff like that happens. But this guy made plays outside the pocket, out of scheme. Uh, he just never seemed to be rattled. And when he did have a play, like he threw an early interception, I think one against the, the Panthers, or he, he fumbled the ball on that one, he, he bounced back extremely well. And so things like this, to me, are not a rookie uh, you know, characteristic, right? Like this is something you see from professional quarterbacks who have been in the league for years. And everything else he does, the way he handles himself, just look like a guy who has been there. And I think that's one of the biggest things of why I am a believer in Justin Herbert uh, coming into this season. Yeah, year two is going to be big. I mean, it always is for quarterbacks. It always is for really anybody in the NFL. We'll see how he handles that adversity. And he's in the division, obviously, with one of the better quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback in the league in Patrick Mahomes. So he's going to get two shots at him. I tend to think with the week three matchup is an early game of the year candidate that I think the primetime really missed because it's at noon and you have two of the best young quarterbacks in the league going head to head in a division game. I want to get to my next question. Brandon Kiley, one of our hosts on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, he called the Chargers potentially last year's Browns, meaning within two years, they could be legitimately challenging the Chiefs, not only in the AFC West, but the AFC. Is this something that you agree with? 
I have to say yes. Um, you know, the, the Chargers, I know the last win was in 2018, and that was the, the very, very close win that they had. Other than that, I, I think the Chiefs have been fairly dominant against the Chargers. Um, but you got to look at some of the additions they had. Obviously, this has been one of the worst offensive line units for, I want to say, the right. better part of the last decade. And all of a sudden, you have it fixed. And it wasn't just fixed where you're like, okay, I'm fine with this position group now. You added some of the top talents in the league, including center Corey Lindsay, who's coming off a of first-team All-Pro nod. You know, And in recent years, um, I'm thinking back to 2019 as well when they played in Mexico City. I mean, a couple of these games – uh, they were the only team to, I think, hold the Chiefs under, I want to say, 200 yards passing in both matchups in, in 2019, which is, again, no other team was able to do it. The Raiders didn't. The Broncos did right. it. But it was such a rare case um, for anyone to do it once. The Chargers did it twice. And I, I just think there's something about this rivalry where it, they do create instant classics, right? They are close games. The Chargers somehow have figured it out in one facet to hold Patrick Mahomes to, to you know lesser passing yards. But at the same time, you look at those games. Patrick Mahomes is running for 50 plus yards on scrambles and moving the chains with his legs. And so what I've always said about the Chiefs and why I, I think they're the best team in, in the NFL is, is for the most part, it doesn't matter what you stop them from doing. They're always going to find something else to, to figure it out. And so I think one of the things stopping the Chargers was they also need to have a well-rounded, complete team and where they can play games you know, with different play lines. If something is stopped, we can go this direction or something like that. So I do think with their additions... Um, with, you know, guys who are hurt coming back to Tranquil, Derwin James, I really do think this is going to be a year and it seems like a turning point for the franchise. You know, the hype is there with Brandon Staley, but until it happens, the Chiefs are the team to be and there's nothing we can do about that right now. I do have a question about Derwin James a little bit later, but I want to stay with the offensive line because I think the Chiefs offensive line was under this national microscope that really every fan in the league knew about because everybody watched the Super Bowl and just how bad it was. And they completely revamped their line. Justin Herbert throughout the regular season last year was in a similar situation, being under tremendous pressure and being able to still set all the records. As you said, you mentioned Corey Lindsley, but they also added a right guard and Matt Filer. They also had Rashawn Slater, who was considered perhaps right, perhaps right now, the second best tackle in the draft fall to them could be a day one starter at left tackle. What do you think that this means for the potential of Herbert and this offense? And then we'll switch sides to the defense. Yeah, I mean, it's it's huge. Justin Herbert was able to do what he did, like you said, behind such a faulty offensive line. I mean, guys were rotating in and out, and there were names that you normally would never see on an NFL team. You know, guys like Cam Irving in Kansas City. For sure. Yes. I mean, <laughs> yes. just like, yeah, I, yeah and I felt your pain watching that Super Bowl, man, because right. he showed it. And somehow Herbert was able to find success. So you have to think if he did it behind that line, what can he do against or behind an offensive line that is actually good? Not just fine, but actually good. They've been serviceable way too long in Los Angeles and San Diego. It's just incredible. Um, so it's incredibly important. Uh, hopefully that plays into the run game, which has been a little bit faulty over the last couple of years. Austin Eckler is a great running back. He's not like a true you know, workhorse back where he's taking 15 to 20 carries per game, right? I mean, he's getting 20 plus touches, but this is a guy who's two years removed from almost getting a thousand receiving yards and he's their number one running back. I mean, so they have to figure out how to be more uh, of a balanced offense. And it's like the passing, the vertical game is, is fantastic, but hopefully this offensive line creates a ground game um, that's a lot more consistent you know last year was supposed to be a big year for austin eckler it gets hurt against the bucks when right. he plays 10 games so you know we have to wait another year to see if eckler can really be you know the team's leading rusher but until then there's still a lot of hype and hope especially with this offensive line now 
want to switch to the defensive side, as I alluded to, Derwin James back in the mix. Man, this has been incredibly frustrating to watch from afar. You mentioned the AFC West things, whether you're a Chiefs fan, Raiders fan, Chargers fan, whatever. This is a really high caliber player that makes the league better when he's on the field. Do you think that this is finally the year that Derwin James can stay healthy throughout? What's the confidence level coming out of LA? You know, I can't say there's anywhere near 100% confidence in that James is going to come back. He's going to be in perfect form and he's going to have, you know, a heck of a year because we've just seen it again, two years in a row where just something happens. And that kind of has been the theme for the chargers over the past however many years. Um, But one of the things that does give me some confidence is seeing how Keenan Allen's career has progressed, right? Like he had two back-to-back years where I think it was 2015. uh, He tore, he lacerated his kidney on a touchdown catch against the Ravens in game. I think it was week eight. So played half the season out for the rest of the year. And then before, uh, right before halftime, I believe it was against the Chiefs in week one of 16, where he tore his ACL just from running a route. It was a non-contact injury out for the year. So this player who had all this hype was going to be good. We all knew it. Is hurt, misses, you know, one and a half seasons back to back like that. And then comes back to have three straight seasons of a thousand yards, four straight seasons of a hundred plus catches. I think he only, he fell eight yards short of a thousand this past year. Yeah. Um, and he, he was dealing with some injuries or else that streak would continue to you know. So. That gives me confidence in knowing that players who are truly great, truly special, will find a way to bounce back from something like this. Lesser players may not find, you know, those chances to be that high. But a guy like Derwin James, man, talking with him, you know, in some of these press conferences and asking, you know, how he's how he's handled uh, the time away from football, how he's bettered himself and why he's confident going into this season. Man, the way he speaks, how confident he is and he's exuding, um, you know, with his answers just tells me a lot. And, you know, if you want me to say I'm more confident than less confident, I probably am on the more confident side of the spectrum. He's just a special player, and it's hard not to expect special things from him. Yeah, I like I said, Chiefs fan, whatever fan you are, I think we're all hoping that James can get a full season because it's just one of those guys where you can just tell, you know, almost in a Von Miller standpoint, when he's on the field, I, I think the league is better. Let's talk about the coaching staff. Anthony Lynn is on the way out. I think he became a darling across the NFL through hard knocks. It was tough to see him have to leave LA, but just something that it seemed like it had to be done. But in comes Brandon Staley, defensive coordinator Ronaldo Hill, offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi. What do you think the impact of this coaching staff could have on the Chargers? I think with it being such a contrast and difference between Anthony Lynn and what Brandon Staley is bringing to the Chargers, I think it's it's huge, right? Anthony Lynn and when Anthony was hired, I remember writing an editorial. And I said, you know, all my reasons why I would love to play for Anthony Lynn personally as, you know, as a former player and I loved him, big fan, but something wasn't right. I don't know what it was, whether um, he just wasn't clicking, whether it was his old school style of coaching that wasn't meshing with the team. Maybe he just needed to catch up with the times, you know, and whatever it was, it ended up, you know, biting him in the rear and he's now out as coach. Bring in Brandon Staley. And I'll tell you right now, a lot of people, I would say the majority of people didn't want Brandon Staley as their first choice. Arthur Smith, Guys like that who are offensive minds, they thought, you know, bring him in, let him work with Herbert. But I'll tell you right now, I would kill for Brandon Staley now 10 times out of 10. Just with the way he holds himself, the way he speaks to the team and heck, even these press conferences. I think one of the first things I noticed was the enjoyment level of sitting and talking and listening to these coaches speak for, you know, an hour, hour and a half at a time was just light years away different from listening to Gus Bradley and Anthony Lynn because there's a lot of coach speak with some of these older coaches. You're not getting a lot of information and, and there's nothing to really uh, give to the media and to the fans. 
Brandon Staley wants you to know why the why for everything he does. And he wants to explain. So everyone's in on exactly what he's trying to do yeah. as the Chargers coach. Um, he, again, players coach, it's, you know, uh, definition of that, that is Brandon Staley. Um, he's a savant defensively. You look at the coaches he brought in a young staff outside of Joe Lombardi. Um, but you've got Ronaldo Hill, you know, former NFL safety, not too far removed from the league. He's come up and coming. Darius Swinton Jr., the special teams coordinator, is a ball of energy. And you, you've seen the Chargers special teams, especially this past season. But over the last couple of years, it's been horrendous. This guy in our first press conference basically said he wants people to have a party when they're on special teams. You know, it's a third phase of the game. It's the forgettable phase of the game. But how important it is has never been, I think, higher than it is in the modern day NFL. And to bring that youth and energy there, I think, is huge. So overall, this coaching staff just has a ton of excitement behind it. Yeah, what in general, and I put you on the spot a little bit, what is your greatest concern for the Chargers this season? That's a good question because, again, there's so much positivity and hype. It's almost tough to try to flip that script, but you have yeah. to, you have to be realistic. Right. This is the chargers, you know, the second there, there's a group of the fan base who like, if they hear you say anything positive about the chargers, they're like almost quick to, to shut it down. Cause they have to remind you, this is the chargers we're talking about. But um, if you, I mean, if I had to pick something, you have to realize that nothing's happened yet. You realize how big the hype is, the energy, the expectations. And you just have to remind yourself that like, they haven't played a game. Yet. We haven't even gone through training camp. You know, we don't know who's going to be injured knock on wood, we don't know who's not going to end up playing this season or anything along those lines. So until that happens, you've got to remember, first-year head coach, first-year defensive coordinator, first-year full-time special teams coordinator. I mean, a lot of these people are in the, in the first years of these new higher roles, and I think you have to kind of you know trim your expectations for them. Um, so if anything, I think it's just you have to be settled in reality before the season gets here to really not let yourself down if something bad does happen during the season, whatever that may be. Yeah, I think that's something that Kansas City is constantly reminding itself because you know, this part of the Andy Reid era where you're trying to go to a third straight Super Bowl, there is so much hype and you constantly will hear Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid being like, all right, day at a time, practice at a time, a game at a time. And I, I'm sensing that out of L.A. I think there is real excitement, again, stemming from Justin Herbert, who we talked about, because if you don't have the quarterback, you don't have anything. And it, it finally does feel like the Chargers do have that quarterback in Justin Herbert want to get specifically to this chiefs chargers series and ask you this, how do you think the chargers will fare against the chiefs in the two matchups this season? I mentioned the early one, there's one late short rest Thursday night football with the chiefs mm -hmm. having to travel after a division game against the Raiders to play the chargers in LA. How do you see this series going in 2021? I don't think I would be surprised to see a split of, of some sort between the teams. I think, now more than the past few years, even when you know we split it in 18, this is going to be way more competitive. I think each game will be competitive, unlike 18, where it was one very close win, and the other one was a blowout by you guys, I believe, in week one of, the, of that season. And I think the biggest difference is, again, the coaching staff. I think what was really holding the Chargers back was they had talent. Everyone, every offseason says the Chargers have talent, could yep. be a dark horse team, what have you. It always came down to the coaching staff and it came down to game management, time management, the tiny nuances of the flow of the game to, to uh, you know, raise the efficiency of your team and in certain situations and winning percentages and all these analytics. Chargers have never dealt with analytics. And they have two guys now they've hired over the last two years uh, to, to delve into that stuff. 
So I just think they're going to be more competitive. They're going to be more enjoyable. You're not going to see the Chargers trying to run a draw on third and 12 for no reason. <laughs> you know, you're not going to see those things. And Warren Sharp beat it on the head all of last season, just how the Chargers kept not just running the football a lot, but running the football in like the worst situations statistically to ever run the football. It was just like weekly thing, man. You just kept hitting it on the head and it wasn't working. Uh, so that's my thing. I think it's going to be much more competitive. Um, I think the games are going to be close. I think it can be, you know, the Chiefs can sweep. I think the Chargers can split the series. And if something crazy happens, maybe the Chargers even sweep them. But that's highly unlikely at this point. You know, like I said, until it happens, it's the Chiefs division and the Chargers are still fighting for it. So we know how you feel about in that series. As we're predicting the season for the Chargers, remember, there's 17 games now. What is a reasonable expectation? I know you said that there's a lot of hype. What do you think their record will be? How will the season go in, in a complete way for the Chargers? Yeah, that one extra game is crazy to think about. I know, uh, right? Very beforehand, it's been hard yeah. to get used to being able to say Very. ten and seven or eleven yeah. and what would be, I guess, eleven six. What do you What do you think? Uh, how will the Chargers' record go? Well, I'll tell you what. So normally in a sixteen game season, I'd probably say nine and seven. You know, it's a two game improvement from this past season. Yeah, um, it's a winning record. Uh, and I think that's the most you can maybe ask for in the first season with a new head coach and all these young players. Um, but again, like if I say nine wins, that means eight losses. And that just seems too close uh, for what this team, I think, can do with their potential can be. So I'm going to say 10 and seven. I think that feels right. Seven losses is still you know, a good handful of losses. If the Chargers handle their business, and I think the biggest thing is the Chiefs have been able to handle the division. I know last year they had that weird loss to the, the Raiders, but for the most part, right. their record is pretty beefed up by the fact that they sweep the Broncos, sweep the Raiders, and then split or sweep the Chargers. I mean, that's an easy, what, five, six wins during a, a season. It's yeah. like the Patriots in the AFC East days for all those years with Tom Brady, where you were just beating up on the rest of the division. But yeah, as these teams improve, Chargers included in that, that'll get tougher and tougher to do. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, if they handle... I get at least four wins out of the division. Let's call it that. Let's just say sweep the other two. Maybe they're swept by the Chiefs, right? Then that's only six more wins outside of the division. And I think the schedule is fairly favorable yeah. in that sense. You got tough games against the, the AFC North, Ravens, Steelers, Browns. Um, but, you know, Bengals are still, you know, an easy team. A couple other things like the Dolphins, you know, are, might be a struggle. But actually, I don't think they play the Dolphins. The Patriots are again as well, though. Uh I think it's just feasible. 10 and 7 feels right. 9 and 8 feels way too close to 500. I just think they're a little bit better than that. So 10 and 7 feels right. Yeah, I'm actually higher on the Chargers this year than I have been. It has been, I think, for Chiefs fans, a little bit nauseating for like four to five years in a row where everyone's picking the Chargers as this dark horse to knock off the Chiefs. But to me, as you were saying, with an improved defense, with Duran James back in the mix, with Justin Herbert finally getting the quarterback is a huge change. Like this is not the Phil Rivers days where he's going to be chucking the ball all over, taking these unnecessary turnovers. This really seems like a player who in some games, in my opinion, can go toe to toe with Patrick Mahomes. My prediction for the Chargers this year is probably right around you, 10 and seven. I think they make the playoffs and I think there's a chance they're that fifth seeded team. So try to do the standings in your head a little bit where they might have a better record than the fourth or third place team the Chiefs just end up having a little bit better record which knocks yep. them down to fifth place and I, I think that's a fair ceiling for the Chargers this year I'm really looking forward to these Chargers Chiefs games more than any other division game because I think you guys finally have 
have a legitimate team. The big thing for the Chargers, and tell me if you agree with this and we'll close down here, but it's just staying healthy. I mean, as much hype as they get each and every year, it seems like you guys have about nine to 10 legitimate nine to 10 key injuries. If they could just stay healthy, they should be right in that mix. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Uh, it's pretty egregious if you look at 2018, right? That season, they went 12 and four, made the playoff, beat the Ravens in the first round. If you look at injuries, almost no injuries. They didn't have Hunter Henry that whole season. So, you know, if that tells you anything, fine. But Virgil Green did a good enough job. They had the rest of their skill players did well. Mike Williams scored uh, 11 total touchdowns, like just out of the blue, you know? Um, it, it was incredible. And then you look at 19 and 20. And you see no Derwin James, you know, uh, Keenan Allen's getting hurt a little bit. Joey Bosa was hurt this past season. A lineman like Bulaga and Trey Turner this past season also missed almost half the season. Chris Harris, his first year in L.A., misses seven games. He never missed more than one or two in any other season. Like, it's insane. It just You want you want your head to explode because <laughs> when you look back at this right. stuff. But 2018, you saw the success. 12-4, and four, playoffs, playoff victory. All those things came in a season where the injuries – weren't like non-existent, but there just wasn't as many. Maybe they didn't hit certain uh, players, right? If Hunter Henry is your worst injury, I think, you know, that's probably okay at the tight end position, but then 19 and 20 and you just see the injuries. So yes, I absolutely agree with you. I think it's night and day difference. If this team can stay relatively healthy, and I'm not saying completely healthy, relatively healthy, then I, I think their potential is just so high. That is the voice of Michael Peterson from Bolts from the Blue. We mentioned it. The Chiefs play the Chargers twice every year. On those weeks, how can Chiefs fans check out your content? Yeah, you can, guys can follow me on Twitter at Zone Tracks. The, that's spelled Z-O-N-E-T-R-A-C-K-S. Um, like you said, I am the lead editor at BoltsFromTheBlue.com. And that's essentially it. If you guys want to follow me on Twitter, that'd be great. I think I'm 10 away from 3,000, which is just another milestone I'd like to hit. So uh, just, you know, give me a pity follow if you want. That's fine. <laughs> I, I'd really appreciate it. But that's where you can find me. Help him out. Michael Peterson, Bolts from the Blue. That wraps up our Around the AFC West portion of the Arrowhead Pride interview series. We thank you for joining us. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts.